Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 113th edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, a digital forensics, cybersecurity, and information technology firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is coronavirus and working remotely, what you need to know. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Logical, instant discovery software for modern legal teams. Logical offers perfectly predictable pricing at just $250 per matter per month. Create your free account at any time at Logical.com. That's Logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash L-T-N. Today, Sharon and I are without a guest. With all that's happened with the coronavirus recently, we've been inundated with questions from lawyers and law firms. So this podcast is dedicated to answering some of the most common questions we've gotten about working remotely and securely, and even questions we got this weekend, right, Sharon? Oh, we have had nothing but questions. In fact, um, I didn't even get a chance to tell you, John, that I talked to a a cybersecurity expert down in Atlanta, and he has been doing all over the entire weekend what our guys have been doing, which is getting everybody set up to work remotely. Uh, And when he told me that when they proposed their plans to him, he just said, I can't believe how stupid these employers are. (laughs) On that cheerful note, (laughs) let's, let's talk about remote access because there are some firms, many firms actually, that are provisioned for remote access, but not necessarily for everyone. And not all the firms are provisioned for remote access. So what what do you have for us in terms of suggestions? Well, I guess, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag, as you know. And and the I think the good news or the positive side, at least for a lot of our clients, um, is they're already equipped with laptops, you know, as their primary uh, workstation, at, you know, in the office, which is good. Now, they, maybe they're not used to taking it home all the time, uh, but they should be doing it now if they're not, you know, if they haven't fully implemented a work-at-home environment. But uh, it's it's certainly a lot better if they have a laptop to start with than it would be if they're using a traditional, you know, like tower or desktop unit you know, in their in their office. That makes the choices a lot less, if if you know what I mean. Having the firm's laptop, at least we have some semblance of control with it. We know what's on it. Uh, all we have to do, if it's, it hasn't already been provisioned for some sort of remote connectivity, is to uh, maybe configure it quickly or get some software, those types of things on it. But that's kind of the basis. And and like I said, the good news is that more and more folks are are using laptops as as primary, j- just like we do in our own firm here. But more and more as well uh, are in a good position now because of, of cloud usage, right? Their data's in the cloud or maybe they're using practice management, you know, systems like MyCase or RocketMatter or Clio or something like that, uh, you know, which is in the cloud. So they don't really have to worry about which machine they're using. Uh, a lot of folks are using cloud services for uh, document assembly, document management, those types of things. Uh, Office 365 is a, is a great tool, as you know. Uh, and we have a lot of clients. Uh, what would you guess? Maybe probably 50 to 60% now that are subscribers, if not more? 
I think it's more than that now. It's gone very quickly, and, and it certainly is our recommendation that you think about moving to Office 365 if you have not, uh, because you get so much with it that will help you in this particular crisis. Yeah, and I and I think those folks are they're actually enjoying the fact that they they're a subscription service of uh, you know with Microsoft and Office 365. But really, when you have to step back and you have to look at all of those things, all those pieces, and kind of do your gap analysis. So as an example, if you maybe you have a practice management system, but the data is not in the cloud and it resides on a server in your firm and you decide that, you know what, maybe you're being forced forced by the governor because they're t- telling businesses to shut down or uh, your firm decides that we're going to implement a work at home policy. Well, now you've got to deal with that data. How do I get to it? Right. Uh, it's sitting on a box that's in my firm. Do I have anything today that's in place t- to remotely connect to that? to remotely access that information. And your IT folks can help a lot, you know, when it comes to that. But when we're talking specifically about anything that has to draw, that is driven by a database, you know, a practice management system or, uh, you know, document assemblies or any of those, those types of things, uh, dragging that data across the internet, if you will, right? Having the data in your law firm and having the, the client software sitting, let's say on your laptop at home and, and moving all that information across that wire is not, really a good thing. Uh, And it can also cause potentially data corruption. And even if you're using Wi-Fi, you shouldn't be doing that either. So you have to be really cognizant of of those types of things, which means that if you do have on-premise information that you need to gain access to, you're going to need some sort of remote access capability to, to that, whether that's you know, a, a log me in or remote control type of deal, go to my PC, you know, whatever piece of software to, to access your own computer in your office. Or if you're a larger firm, maybe you've got, you know, terminal server uh, running or, or Citrix or, or, or something like that. But at the end of the day, uh, you really have to analyze where your data is at and then how are you going to get to it? Uh, you know, whether that's through cloud services or whether that's some sort of remote control or remote access uh, service into your into your own law firm. John, I think that um, it's true that there are some, especially for the s- solo small firm lawyers, there are some folks like LogMeIn, I believe, is is offering um, free uh, access right now. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Is there a catch? Yeah, there's a catch. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. You have, to, you have to read the fine print, right? Um, uh, we have a lot of folks that are taking advantage of the situation and some of them that are gouging, as you know, you know, like try, try to get your hands on a uh, you know, a one ounce uh, bottle of Purell, right? That what would yeah, I would I tell I you? I, I found one yesterday that was it was seven hundred and fifty dollars like, or something. Yeah, something yeah. crazy. So, but you know, LogMeIn is doing some some good things. But for the solo small, I've I've got some other alternatives for them. But what LogMeIn is offering the the free thing I think that you heard was they're offering free remote work kits for healthcare providers, educational institutions, municipalities, and nonprofits. Okay, and that's and for for three months they're offering that for free, um, and they're, they're, they've got some other incentives too. If you're already a, a LogMeIn customer, they're going to give you that remote emergency remote work kit, which includes a lot of different tools. Which I'm not going to get into all the detail. You can kind of you know get on the internet to to look at what what all the stuff that that's included, but that's really the the free thing that, that they're giving away. Cisco with WebEx though um, is giving free things away too, uh, but as an example for businesses, you can get, if you're not currently a WebEx customer at the present time, 
Um, you can get a free 90-day license for, for your business. I, I think what they're hoping is that you, you try and then you're going to buy it, right? <laughs> if you use it for, for 90 days. Um, and if you're already a, a customer, then there's other incentives as well. So more and more of the companies, they, they certainly are helping during the coronavirus you know, pandemic that we have. Um, but you need to kind of look at what's, uh, what's the fine print, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and what they're offering. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're a LogMeIn, if you're a solo using LogMeIn, a regular subscription to that is like $350 a year. And, and maybe, maybe mm-hmm. now's the time that you want to do that. Maybe you, sh- you want to take control of your, your office computer and work from home more. Well, I, I think that a lot of folks have been saying that the, uh, the way we work is probably changed forever, uh, especially after we get used to all these new systems and have everything in place. Uh, it, we probably will never go back entirely to the traditions of the past. I, I think those days may well be, be gone. Well, I think you're right. And I think you're going to see a lot more cloud adoption, too, as a result, right? Yes, Oh, yeah. No, that's something we'll definitely be seeing. Um, I do want to uh, caution people, though, particularly to pay attention to the number of licenses they have, because that's I I think that's going to be one of the biggest problems is that they're going to have insufficient licenses to do what they want to do. And and I think that's that's a good point, uh, because depending on what you're what you're using, if you have a VPN connection, uh, you know, VPN enterprise version, as an example, maybe you've only purchased for, you know, three people to access (laughs) And then now right, you're asking right. 10 people to do it. So, you know, yeah, that's, it's, that's, that's a very good point uh, about the licensing. It's very different. And, and it's funny, I just got a flash alert from um, uh, a listener uh, saying that the Virginia Supreme Court has closed our court system uh, with the exception of minor, very important matters, but everything else is closed. So uh, we, we, are, we are seeing that we, <laughs> we're grinding to a halt. Uh, and I know the legal profession is worried about all, everything that has to do with that. And don't take, don't take my word for that uh, statement about the Supreme Court shutting down the court system because I did just hear it from a listserv and not from an authorized source. But pretty sure it's accurate because they were they met yesterday and I we were expecting an announcement today. You mean it's not it's not like the internet? <laughs> it's, there, it's, it's true. Yeah, yeah, not exactly, not exactly. And, and that's that's a big problem too. And we're, we'll talk about that later, John. But all those hoaxes that we've seen about um, the coronavirus mm-hmm. and 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 people clicking on things. That's a big problem. But let's go back to the actual uh, questions we were meaning to talk about. Uh, collaboration is going to be a very big thing. So collaboration tools are big. If you have Office 365, um, the you know the pro version or higher, you're going to have Teams, Microsoft Teams, and lawyers are learning to work with that a whole bunch more than they once did. I mean, that was just not something that they utilized mm-hmm. very much. But now they're not only utilizing it, they love it. So you you might explore that if you haven't explored it yet. You can also, I think, get Teams free, right, um, currently? Yeah, Microsoft is now offering six months of, of Teams free, you know, even if you don't have, if you don't have the uh, Office 365 subscription. So that's a really good, good tip. And, and mm-hmm. Slack, which a lot of people use now, I think they have a free offering as well. Uh, they, do do have a free, they do have yeah. a free offering. It has some limitations. I don't know right. if they've expanded that 
that offering, well, though? It's something to look at because Slack is something that a lot of the smaller uh, groups often like that. So you might take a look and see about that. Are there any other um, collaboration tools? I guess we should talk about video conferencing. We have seen more and more of the smaller firms use Zoom, uh, which in fact we are using to record today. Uh, in the larger firms, it, it tends not to, to, it tends to be Cisco, right? WebEx. Web, WebEx. Yeah. Tend, that, yeah. Yeah. We, we see that, I think, more than anything else. But if you haven't, if you haven't done the video conferencing, we, we would suggest that you check out Zoom. There are some limitations to it, but it's, it, even if you have the paid version, it's only, what, $15 a month, John? Is that right? Oh, I'd have to bring it up. I don't remember what the cost yeah, is. Yeah. I think it's $15 a month, but it's, it's not a lot. And, and, you know, one of the things they're saying as we all begin to, you know, huddle inside our homes and not go out... One of the things the experts are saying is that since you can't meet with your client in person uh, the way you used to, or you, it's certainly not desirable to, they are saying that forming a personal relationship is far better if you're video conferencing than just talking on the phone, uh, and that that is the way to develop relationships today um, if you cannot meet or should not meet in person. So I thought that was very interesting that mm-hmm. they are really recommending that people go to the video uh, so that people can see, for instance, whether something you're saying might be a joke, you know, because you're obviously smiling. You can just communicate a lot better. And forging a relationship is so important as a lawyer. You're, you're right. It is, it is $15 a month for the pro okay. version of, of, of Zoom. But I don't know, did you see that recent, and not to beat on Zoom, but, but I will, um, the, <laughs> the, the, the post that just came out, which, which basically says Zoom can tell your boss if you're not paying attention. Uh, they have a feature called attention tracking. Yeah, they're not the only. Within they're Zoom? not the only one. So let's not beat on Zoom. This attention tracking thing is is rampant these days. And so yeah, I have I have some issues with the privacy there. And uh, yeah, so just be aware just, of that. That's well, all. be yeah, be very aware. <laughs> well, it's it's like what we're always saying, right? Is that read the terms of service? Yeah, and read the privacy statements. Yeah, I gu- so I guarantee you, 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 even after having listening to this, they won't take our advice. They won't do it. But yeah, nonetheless, <laughs> I think they will be interested in the fact that their bosses may know whether they're paying attention, so they may actually <laughs> pretend to pay attention. <laughs> but but I do want to to add something to the video conferencing thing. Um, and you know, a lot of these a lot of these tools are used. I know a lot of the some of the vendors that we deal with and that I deal with, um, they use Zoom as their primary communication mechanism, right? So because they're using voice over IP, they don't want people paying for you know phone calls and that kind of stuff. But whenever you use any of these tools, you know certainly give consideration to to a few things. Sound is is a big big one, and whether that's microphone or, or audio, even for yourself. So you know getting yourself a, a headset, you know a USB headset with a microphone. Um, or, uh, you know, something like that, or earbuds, uh, is, is certainly going to help the quality, Mm -hmm. uh, for the people that are on the receiving Mm -hmm. end, hearing you, uh, as well as you being able to hear too. Very good tips. Let's talk a little bit about allowing remote access from the home machines, which really is a security nightmare. And especially the way employers right now, law firms are deploying it, uh, this kind of thing very stupidly, uh, as our friend said to me earlier. So what is it that we need to be careful of, John? Well, I, a couple of things about home machines, you know, first off, understand that if, if they haven't already been pre-configured to connect to the law firm network, you're going to have to deal with that, uh, even if you're using a VPN. 
So uh, think about this. If, uh, if you're using a VPN, you have a VPN client, VPN software, you've got to somehow get that on that remote users, their home machine, have it configured so that they can use that VPN and then contact and connect up with the, uh, the law firm's network. But I think what's, what's probably – and then you've got the liability issues, right, and policies that you have to put in place and all that kind of jazz, which I know you, you know all about. Yeah. But I think that probably the, one of the bigger issues is going to be uh, – or concerns to me is the security on that home device. What kind of security software are they running? Is it up to date? Uh, you know, do they have a subscription? Uh, is the machine patched you know, at the current levels? All that kind of stuff. And what we're seeing is that – and for, for a lot of our clients, they want those home machines to participate in the same managed security network that their law firm machines are. So as you know, uh, we're pushing out – uh, the the antivirus, the anti malware, the security software that we use within the home, the law firm's network, we're pushing it out to the home machines. So they're now managed centrally as part of the, that same environment. So we get we get a warmer, fuzzier feeling because we've got our own security software, if you will, on there, and we know that we're protected. So that's that's one thing about that, right? Yep, absolutely. And I did just get confirmation that the uh, Supreme Court did issue that order. It's already online. So it, it looks like it's for a period, um, all deadlines are told and extended for a period of 21 days. Uh, so anyway, it, it, that's probably, a, now that you can look it up online in the state of Virginia, uh, you're probably going to see something like that in a lot of other states. I'm not aware how many states may have done something yet, but this is going to make a big impact on lawyers and law firms. And, and it also sends a message. It sends a message that this thing is really serious and that the courts are, are taking note and taking measures strong measures. Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Ten years ago, e-discovery meant lawyers packed into a basement, fumbling with complex, slow software, wondering where their lives had gone wrong. Today, not much has changed. That's why Logical is putting an end to e-discovery. Logical is simple, powerful, instant discovery software designed to make you hate document review less. Create a free account today by yourself with no human interaction at logical.com forward slash LTN. That's logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash L-T-N. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is coronavirus and working remotely and securely, what you need to know. So, John, I, I know that this is something that only you can explain, but you were talking to me about splitting VPNs, <laughs> and I'll bet not one person in a thousand listening has any idea what that means or whether it's a good or bad idea. So would you explain, please? Yeah, when I said splitting VPNs, you probably said my head's splitting. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> It often does when you're talking, my dear. Well, and there's other people that can talk about it, too. It's, it's actually the, the term is actually uh, split tunneling. And the the guidance over the years has always been that if you're going to use a VPN, a VPN, as you know, is an encrypted channel, an encrypted connection, is we wanted all of that data to move down that channel, that complete channel, so we can control it, right? DNS requests, internet activity, anything, everything. We always wanted to run that for security purposes down that one pipe. Well, 
because more and more folks now are going to be using VPNs uh, and they're going to be using VPNs to connect up to their law firm's network, we have to be concerned about capacity and bandwidth, right? If, if all data, including, you know, you're, you're searching on Amazon and all this other stuff, if all that data is being pumped through the law firm's network and then from the law firm going out to the internet, then we're using bandwidth that we, we don't want to use, right? It's going to really start chugging things down and slowing them down. So the concept here is to do what they call split tunneling. So you build a tunnel, and this is a, a propeller head way to, to go at it, so your IT folks are going to have to do it, is any traffic that needs to get to the law firm's network goes down one tunnel, and anything else that doesn't need to go down there goes out another tunnel. So you're using the user's home network, if they're at home, their home network to do all the other internet-type stuff, but only the things that are required to go to the firm are going that direction. So that's what that split tunneling means. Uh, and more and more now the security folks are saying, you know, normally we wouldn't recommend that, but because of the times we're in now, eh, probably we should be doing it. I think probably that's a good idea. And here's another problem I foresee. People are human. They go home, they're supposed to do all this stuff, but they haven't logged in <laughs> or connected to anything from home forever. And so a lot of them are going to be, they're going to need retraining, not only on just getting in, but on what the policies are about that and, and anything else they need to touch. If they, if there's anything that they don't remember, they're just going to be at a loss and they're going to need a lot of support from somewhere. And yeah, that, that's, that's very true. I, I think that uh, they're going to have to relearn and maybe there's a document that comes out or, or whatever, or maybe before your firm decides that, well, you know, on Wednesday, we're going to implement our work at home policies. And then so maybe tomorrow you get everybody in the conference room and you show them how yeah. this thing works. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's particularly true in, in, in smaller firms. The bigger firms are probably uh, connecting more often, but the smaller firms, not so much. Uh, and then if you if there's access from home, are they competing with, you know, three kids and their, their spouse for bandwidth? I mean, that's a problem too. So what they really probably ought to be doing is using phone hotspots. But as you and I both know, um, there are people who know all about phone hotspots and lots of lawyers who don't know anything about how to set up a phone hotspot. Not that it's all that complicated. They've just never done it. And do they need to be on separate networks? I mean, what do you what do you think about that question, John? First off, most folks don't have separate networks in their home to to be able to isolate, you know, the Netflix traffic from from their own, you know, law firm traffic, that kind of stuff. Um, hotspots would create a separate network, if you will. They tend to be a little bit slower uh, than than what your your regular one is, uh, your regular Wi-Fi in your home. Uh, but they can be faster too. So, you know, it's, it's all, you know, experiments from a confidentiality and security perspective. Sure. You know, if you, if you were on your own hotspot, um, then, you know, you're going to be a lot, lot more secure, but that's a, that's a, the hotspot is a Wi-Fi connection. Remember that? Mm -hmm. But if you're doing video conferencing and you're running, you know, zoom communications, or you, you wanted to, you want this personal touch, like you were just talking about, mm -hmm. um, with seeing someone's face and doing all that. Well, you know, video over Wi-Fi, you're going to have a more unstable connection. You're better off being directly Ethernet attached. And a lot of folks don't have, you know, hardwired Ethernets in their house. I mean, you, you know we do because I wired it. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, but for those folks that don't have that ability to have hardwired Ethernet, 
a great alternative is to is to get um, an Ethernet adapter uh, that goes over a power line. So what it, what basically it is is you take a box, you plug it into one outlet, you connect an Ethernet cable to, to that box, and you connect it to your router, and then you take a second one, you connect it into another electrical outlet somewhere where you're near your computer, connect the Ethernet cable from that box to your computer, and then it uses the the electrical wiring that's within your house to send that Ethernet signal across. So now you're not on Wi-Fi anymore, you're, which a couple of things it does for you. It's faster speed. So if you're competing for bandwidth for those, you know, for the kids that are uh, surfing the Internet on their, their iPads, you're going to get there faster because you're on the Ethernet side. <laughs> so that's one one mm-hmm. one thing. But it also will help stabilize that that video conference connection that you have. Uh, and so it's a much better solution. You know, one of the thing, one of the devices that I that I really like that I think folks should take a look at is is by TP-Link. It's a model AV1000. It's about fifty five bucks uh, on Amazon, which isn't a lot of money. Uh, it's going to be a lot cheaper than bringing a contractor in and you know drilling holes and running a wire through your wall. <laughs> yeah, that's a fifty five dollars. That's fifty five dollars well spent, if you ask me. Um, another problem that we're seeing is that law firms are now wanting to issue laptops to employees who didn't formally have them, so they want it to belong to the law firm so they control the security, et cetera. But now we're facing a supply problem. Um, there are some laptops currently that talk about two to three months shipping, for, you know, and some of these are popular manufacturers. Um, so what do we do about that, John? And, and you know, the other, I know that we always recommend you get a business-grade machine, but you might have to get a consumer-grade machine if the business grade is not available, right? That's true. You're going to have to go and, you know, hopefully they haven't shut the stores down yet, you know, in your state. Um, so, you know, go to a Best Buy or, or whatever. Or I know a lot of firms are even going on Amazon, right? And they're, and they're buying laptops there so that they can be delivered so they don't have to go into a store. Uh, but the delay is going to be much greater as more and more demand <laughs> goes after these these devices. But yeah, you may have to to buy a cheap, uh, you know, consumer grade and, and accept the fact that, you know, you're only going to get a year's worth of work out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other thing I think we need to say is that if people don't have a remote working policy, they need to adopt one. There are templates online. Um, so you can at least start from that and, and customize it for yourself. Um, but the other thing, <laughs> that was a very serious point. The less serious point is that employees now have an article from Lifehacker on how to make it look like they're working from home when they are not. <laughs> so, <laughs> just Google that so you know what they know, so maybe you can counter it in some way. But it's it's amazing that that's what employees are already thinking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, w- I want to give another tip, too, besides those eth- Ethernet connection things, uh, especially for the, the solo small folks, if they're looking to do, you know, that log me in, that remote control c- kind of access we were talking about earlier. Uh, take a look at um, a product called ConnectWise Control. It was previously called Screen Connect. It runs around $24, $25 a month for that. So it's significantly cheaper and you can get it on a monthly basis. So if you want to do it now and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hunker down for the next two months or the eight weeks, I think is what the CDC is saying these days, right, Sharon? Yeah. And then you, you, you're out, what, 50 bucks instead of doing a, an annual $350 subscription like you would with some other products. Just, just another tip. 
I hope that next time we, we talk, we have a, a happier, more cheerful subject, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, I, I think that if, if you take a long, hard look at what your needs are and maybe utilize some of the tips we've talked about, uh, in the end, you're going to be in a better place, even though you have to spend some money perhaps up front. Uh, but these are, these are the times we are in, uh, and everything is changing for all employers, including law firms. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or an Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about Sensei's digital forensics, technology, and cybersecurity services at SENSEIENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.